Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. Whether it's getting back out there after Christmas or a fully-fledged Phoenix from the Ashes, Rocky off the canvas, come back when everyone, including you, thought you were done. Rising up and getting back on your feet can feel like a mountain of a task when it comes to running. Today, on Irishman Running Abroad with Sonia Sullivan, she makes it easy by dropping some hard-earned knowledge from 30 years in running. We couldn't be further apart, though, Sonia, today. I'm in Connemara, County Galway. You're in Australia. But according to my weather app here, you're getting just as much rain as I am. I can't see. Normally, I can see the beach from here. I can't see it. All I see is grey fog. <laughs> but 25 degrees and raining, I don't think any Irish person would be complaining about that. They'd be all in the sea uh, in that situation. But like, weather, is, weather isn't a bad place to start in terms of this discussion, because if we just start with the people that are coming back to running after Christmas, like nothing wrong with them, no injuries. They just had a bit of time off over Christmas. It can be hard to get back out there simply because of this stumbling block of the weather in this part yeah. of the world. Well, it's always a thing. If you're in a routine on a structure, then you automatically just get out and you do it. and You don't even think about it. But as soon as you mm. lose that routine, then you have to restart and you have to think about it again. And so you nearly have to put a deadline on the day that you're going to get back going again and uh, get started and, and maybe even arrange to meet somebody. That kind of seems to be the best way to get yourself back going again is if you can plan to meet somebody, then, you yeah. know, you, you probably both rely on each other to get there and to, to get started together. So probably better if you have somebody else who's in the same situation, who's debating, you know, when are they going to get back in? When are they getting back on the horse and mm. uh, do it together? Well, that's exactly what we did this week. I had a meetup run at the Phoenix Park on the 28th of uh, December. Happy New Year, everyone, by the way. Uh, and thanks to everybody who came out, because definitely that was one where I doubt I would have covered the distance we covered without the help of others. Doing uh, your comeback on the shoulder of somebody else is obviously ideal, but not necessarily available to everyone. Let's start with the first, let's go that direction first. The people that haven't run in a long time, maybe since they were a kid, maybe since having a kid, where do they start? Like they, they definitely shouldn't just take off out the door, even though so many of us will. <laughs> well, sometimes you do have to just take off out the door and, you know, not think about it too much. But I suppose you have to not overthink it. You can make a little bit of a plan, like how far you're going to go, how fast you're going to go. Uh, I suppose when, by, when you say don't take off or out the door, you mean don't like go as hard as you can <laughs> for as long as you can. I, um, I do. And I also mean, though, that like you say, I think if you, are, if you aren't laid up for a long period of time, then definitely your comeback is a small comeback. And some of it is just stop thinking and go. But the longer you've been off, surely the more thought that needs to go into how you're going to come back. Well, I think you have to realize that it's going to hurt no matter what, because it just seems to be running seems to be the one 
activity that trumps everything on just feeling sore afterwards if you haven't mm. been doing it for a while. It's mm. probably the one activity where you're on your feet, you're carrying your weight. There might be a bit more weight than when you were running before. <laughs> sure. And so all your muscles and tendons, everything is just a little bit stressed. You just don't seem to get that same soreness if you do things like cycling or swimming. I mean, you probably get sore like that if you jump in and play a game of football or a game of basketball and you get stuck into it. It's the same, similar kind of thing. But running, I mean, you kind of think you could go out and run 5K just like that. Um, <laughs> which, you know, for most people would be about, I don't know, where you could walk 5K in 45 to 50 minutes. So yeah, then you briskly. Think it, yeah. If you're doing any kind of running, you're going to be a little bit quicker than that. So it's a good starting point to kind of find the time to commit to the running that you're going to do. And mm. so if you give yourself an hour and you got to fit something into an hour, that gives you time to get ready for it, maybe to stretch a little bit, whether that's before or after, and also to give yourself enough time to include a bit of walking as well as running. And, and I think that's a good starting point for everybody. I nearly did it myself today. I was heading down to the beach and I was talking to Winnie, as I do. <laughs> she doesn't reply, so I get no opinion from her. I said, maybe I would do a bit of one minute on, one minute off. But I just wasn't feeling it when I got down there. It just wasn't happening. So we just continued with the walk. And um, yeah, actually, at the end of the walk, I was feeling a bit better. Um, but then I'd nearly given up on the hope of running at that stage and committed to a bike ride. So this is going to blow a few people's minds, Sonia, because honestly, I think people think of you as somebody that doesn't, it's automatic, you know, you're kind of robotic in that it's what you do, but you are, of course, injured at the moment or returning from a layoff. And you know, this episode is, you know, probably perfectly timed for you because there you are heading down about to do the jog, walk, jog, walk, and it just didn't, it, you're telling me that it just didn't feel like something you could do today. Uh, I think people pummel themselves when they do that and they actually get the gear on, when they actually go down, they got the dog, whatever they need, and then they just can't get to it. You're clearly not being hard on yourself over this. Can you talk to us a little bit about that, that some days it's not going to feel like something you can do? Yeah, I think, you know, oftentimes our mind can see things happening a lot easier than than your body. <laughs> and they just won't <laughs> cooperate. They don't cooperate. They don't work together. Um, now, of course, there's definitely times when you have to overcome that and you have to, you know, push through it. But when you're starting back from an injury or from time off, then it's just a little bit harder. And you know, sometimes you do need maybe a little bit of guidance from the physio or somebody that you may be doing some strength and conditioning with just to kind of help you to warm up and get ready for it. And I think my biggest mistake today was that it was probably a bit too soft on the sand. And so that was mm. the end of it when I got there. And yeah. yeah, and then time was moving on, you know, the, the day was getting away from me. So I 
couldn't have plan B and go to the field, which probably will be my next, I suppose, adventure will be to go to a field. And, you know, if you're in a contained space and to find somewhere with some decent surface, but at the same time, it's softer surface um, and some proper shoes. I didn't really have proper shoes on me today either. I wasn't prepared, really. <laughs> well, we, do, we definitely need to talk about gear. Uh, b- before we jump off this, uh, you're saying that running will hurt and that, you know, accepting where you are and accepting that this is the start of something if you are coming back where, wherever you are and you're running is obviously a great piece of advice. Just knowing what's going to happen and how it's going to affect your body. Is walking, though, the first step? Like, should we really even be saying to people that have been laid up for a while that running is the first port of call? Like, surely you can prep your body for what running is going to be by doing a good deal of walking each week to maybe the first week back, just go, right, I'm just going to walk briskly for that week. And next week is going to be all about walk jog. Yeah, I mean, I think that is a good idea. Walking is good, but the only you're not going to get much of an aerobic benefit from that. You're really gotcha. just going out there, putting in the time, and you're preparing yourself for the amount of time that you're going to commit to something. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think walking probably every second day, and then if you can find something to get your heart rate up, then I think it's a good idea to start introducing that a little bit because running is automatically going to lift your heart rate a lot higher than walking. Mm. Um, so maybe introduce a bit of cycling and it could be, you know, on the stationary bike, um, a bit of swimming in the swimming pool. Swimming doesn't really get your heart rate up, but cycling can for sure. Or a spinning class is ideal. Um, and then something I've been doing recently that's it's crazy, but I was, and I spoke to a girl who I went swimming with the other day and she said to me, oh yeah, it's great when you're not running, this really keeps you fit. And like, that's another thing that people need to be thinking about is the amount of weight that you're carrying, you know, the lighter you are, then the easier it is going to be to run. So sometimes maybe you need to manage that as well, but you can't start running with that aim in mind you have to be able to manage that in different ways that are not weight bearing because otherwise you're going to get injured so i've been doing this hot mat pilates have you ever done this hot hot mat pilates yeah it's a i suppose it's kind of like hot yoga but it's all about like core stuff and they use dumbbells and different things i mean i have a bit of a love-hate relationship with it because in a way, it's kind of disgusting. <laughs> it's, and you probably noticed from when you did hot yoga. Oh, God, yeah. You just like sweat so much. And then there's like all these other people around in the room sweating as well. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I'm not, there's no two ways about it. You can't there's really think. You just can't think too much about it. Now, no. I kind of think for some reason I was thinking, today, I think it would be a bit worse in summer like Ireland in the winter and it just feels like people would be sweating more in there. And I don't know, at least here that they can open the windows and open the doors and (laughs) clear the room out. But 
I mean, there's class after class going in there and really, you know, you're wiping down these mats with like a freaking wipe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Look, the, I mean, it was I the first thing be- to go at the start of the pandemic was like, this is the most dangerous place we can be. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, so, it was manky, but it, like, look, I, there is no substitute for it. I'm looking it up here. The primary focus of hot map Pilates is abdominal and core strength. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I, I mean, I did have a love hate relationship with it, but you're right. Its impact is huge in terms of strengthening and keeping you fit. Yeah. So, and they do, they all, I'm sure they all do this kind of stuff where they get you to sign up. So I've got an introductory thing, and it works great because I'm only here for a limited amount of time anyway. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, you're taking the, the benefit so of that. So I'm signed up for a month, and it's like $50 for the month. And you can go as much as you like, you know. So I go there Magic. every day. <laughs> Fantastic. And, and it's, Sonia, we, we touched on, the, like, the hot map Pilates. I, I've, been, I've been searching for this. It mightn't be near you. You might need to travel for it you're obviously in the ideal place for this. you kind of got to use what's around you. Uh, and with that in mind, we need to talk about the gear because the gear might not be around you. You might not have the shoes you need to do this right because this is actually a danger. If you're trying to encourage someone in your life to give running a go, they do need to visit a shop to get themselves sorted because heading out in your Stan Smiths or your your Chuck Taylors, it, it can be the reason you're not going to continue at this long term. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, people just think, oh, I have a pair of runners. And I know I've people have said this to me and they have runners that they've had for 10 years. And they'll just throw on the runners and go for a run. Um, now, I have cycling oh. shoes that I have for about 20 years. So it's probably yeah. a similar thing. If I told a cyclist that, they'd be horrified. Um, <laughs> so, you know, there's, I suppose the thing is, it's what you know. And like, I know that, you know, running shoes for 10 years, they're pretty old. They're pretty worn out. And you're not going, they're not going to give back much to you. So, you know, it's, and, and shoes are probably a lot more expensive now than they were when you bought those shoes. Um, and there's so much more choice as well. It's like, a minefield where do you start and I did see someone today asking somewhere you know could you get your gait analysis or your you know someone to look at the way you run and how you land um did you have to pay for this or you know was that part of the deal and and it is part of the deal if you go to the proper running shop and you'll have somebody who will have a chat with you like down there in John Buckley Sports is for the people in Cork and Munster, it's ideal. Mm. You know, you have experienced people in there who know running. They've seen so many people and they just put them through their paces and they put different shoes on them. And most people go in there and they, they like the look of a shoe or the color of a shoe. And yeah, you know, that just might that. not suit you, but you'll have it in your mind. It's hard to get it out of your mind when you see something you like, but you got to remember when you go out there running, the shoes are going to get dirty they're going to be wrecked and they're not going to look so nice for, for very long if you're, you know, committed to a, a decent amount of running um, over the next couple of months. Yeah. And look, this is this is another part of mindset, isn't it? That y- your mindset around shoes has to change 
in the same way as maybe uh, I'm speaking about myself here, your mindset around how what people think of you is going to change. You weren't, I remember talking to you about this a long time ago, but how self-conscious I was about running. You used to slag me about wearing too many clothes when I went out, but that was all part of it. I didn't want to show anybody my legs. I didn't, I was really self-conscious of the upper body weight that I was carrying. And this is a concern for normal people that people looking at you, you know, what do people think when you're out there? It's the same kind of thing around the shoes. Fuck what people think. Your shoes are going to be functional. They're the tires on the car. And it did take me a while to shift away from that and go, right, that that is not a shoe I'm ever going to put under a pair of jeans. Get that out of your head. These yokes look mental. And there's a reason for that. They, they're really well constructed. And, you know, John Buckley Sports or somewhere like that, the Run Hub will be able to tell you you're landing on the inside, the outside, you're rolling it this way and that. And you need a shoe that's kind of built for that. Um, I'm not sure that uh, you ever quite shake the self-consciousness. You never had it. You just, that was not part of the mindset for you. But I'm sure, Sonia, when you were coming back from injuries, the more famous you became, there must have been a bit of consciousness of people looking at you, attempting your comebacks over the years. Um, yeah, I mean, there would be, but I, you just have to not think about that. Um, I mean, I definitely would be, you know, self-conscious in different areas and even like things like going into the hot yoga, you go in there with your singlet on or your t-shirt on and then, you know, you're in there with this room and then you realize, no, no, this is way too hot. This is like minimal clothes in here. This is like bikinis nearly. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> as, it's, otherwise, it's just extra washing. <laughs> There's no point in that. <laughs> You'd like to have a dry shirt to go home and. <laughs> it is. That is a that is a big culture shock for any conservative Irish person, definitely, heading abroad, coming into so, yoga Pilates. I think the self-conscious bit for people is only the first few times that they go out. And then I think people realize that this is fitness and exercise. This is not, you know, people are not judging you or, you know, looking at you oddly. Even though I did go on my mountain bike the other day, it was funny. And this mountain bike is about 20 years old. So <laughs> when it comes to cycling, my equipment is not very good. <laughs> but I still get out there and do it. And um, I stopped in this park. I went to check out some mountain bike trails. And there was two fellas in the car parking lot and they said to me, where are you going? And I go, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm just wondering here now, where I might go. I said, this, I'm only checking out these trails. And um, I said, I'd like to do it a bit more. And I said, I might, I might need to get a new bike though. And they looked, then, they, then they looked up and down and said, yeah, you might need a new bike. All right. <laughs> and I was in some old runners, you know, and whereas now, you know, you'd be clipped in and everything. And, but I think because I had on this matching cycling gear. Um, oh yeah. You, you carried it off. I've got one yeah. set of this here. Though. <laughs> so then I looked a bit more professional than I was. 
<laughs> he looks more professional than the bike. Um, yeah. So it's a bit like, you know, when you're kids and you line up at a race and, you know, the kid with the shiniest shoes and the best gear and you think, oh, wow, they're going to win this easy. And then they don't. <laughs> yeah. It, like, I know that you're, you're reluctant to talk about certain things in that, in that way, Sonia, that uh, I guess you, you say you didn't need to think about it. You don't need to think about it. And I would say that after three years of speaking to you, that is a unique skill that you underrate in yourself, that you have a capacity not to think about the difficulty. You go, right, I'm not thinking about that and get on with that. And to me, that's one of the uh, things that running has built in me is a better ability to switch off discomfort or move through pain or a sense of uh, not being at home, you know, not, not and everything, not being cozy that you've often said it, it's uh, getting comfortable in discomfort. Uh, when was it hardest to do that? Like when was it hardest for you to do this thing that you regard as normal to not think about a thing uh, when you were trying to make a comeback? I, I think if you line up for a race and you know you're not totally ready for it. Okay. Yeah. So I think one, I, well, probably more than one time, but I, I definitely remember one time, I think it was 2004, and I'd had a stress injury of some kind, bone stress, and I had my six weeks off, and then I was just starting back, and I had just got myself back running and up to a decent level. Jared Hartman would always give me a program to get back and he'd be kind of guiding you closely up to the point where you could run an hour. And then he said, once you can run an hour and then you would also do a little mini session of three minute efforts, six times three minutes with a minute rest at some kind of threshold pace that once you could do that and be pain free, then, you know, he would set you free then. Yeah. And you could do what you like. So, And it would take you about four weeks to get up to that point. And I was at that point where I think I had been running for four weeks, but it wasn't proper running. It was just, you know, gradually getting back into it. I was still doing some sessions in the pool. I was still doing stuff on the bike to supplement it. So it wasn't running very smoothly or very efficiently. And you never are when you come back from injury as an elite athlete, when you've been cross-training and you do more training on the pool and the in the pool and on the bike than you ever would running. So you think you're super fit and aerobically you are, but your body has to keep up with that aerobic capacity. Mm -hmm. And that's when, you know, it can be a bit tricky because you're mentally, you're thinking that you're in good shape and then you go out there and you go for a run and it feels terrible. And it just takes a bit of time to get that good feeling back again. And when I was at that stage, I went and I, I ran a 10K race in the Phoenix Park and it was one of these great Ireland runs. Um, I was always committed to these races and I lined up and I ran against Katrina McKiernan. And I knew that, you know, I was pretty vulnerable and there was a good chance I wasn't going to win this race. And, you know, at that stage, Katrina was someone who I would 
you know, I would want to beat her all the time, over, especially over something like 10K. She was running marathons then. Sure. And, you know, she was probably not running. She she was injured in 2000, so she was just kind of on a comeback as well. But she's, you know, a pretty smooth runner. And she took the opportunity and she won that race and I finished second. And I ran pretty slow, like 34 minutes, which, you know, which is pretty slow for when you're used to running around 31 or 32. Yes. But I knew this was coming and I just had to accept it. And I remember Gerard said to me at the time, he said, well, you know, I wouldn't advise you to run that race, but, you know, I suppose that's part of what you do is you run races and, you know, you have to show up and you're committed to these races. So you just have to accept that you're not going to run your best race here or anywhere close to it. And so I think my rationale for running the race was, but it'll be a line in the sand and I'll know where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people, you know, once they're back running and training to a, a good level, that's when we always say, go and run a park run and let's see where you're at. Let's see, yeah. you know, what we have to work with. And that's what a lot of people you have to do is you have to think about where you're at right now rather than where you want to be. And, you know, if you're thinking about the Cove 10 mile race and, you know, completing it and completing it in a certain amount of time that right now you might not be able to even do three miles or 5k. And so you have to focus on that and look at that. So you have to look at where you are right now, rather than looking too far down the track. And, you know, if you look at the bigger picture too soon, mm. then you'll think you're never going to get there. Absolutely. Well, what a lovely segue into the road to Cove, because the road to Cove is about to begin. Cove has come up so many times on this podcast over the years, and with good cause. It was on those hilly roads that Sonia built the aerobic capacity to take on and smash the best in the world. Uh, with this year's Cove 10 Mile Road Race, organised by our hometown club, Ballymore Cove AC, you get the chance to run those very roads shoulder to shoulder with Sonia. We are giving you the chance, though, to be coached by Sonia for the Cove 10 Mile Road Race. Last week, we put out the call. If you want to throw your hat in the ring to be part of Sonia's squad, just email irishmanabroadpodcast at gmail.com with the subject line Sonia squad. Tell us your story why we should pick you for this one uh, and this one-of-a-kind coaching experience. Selected runners will, of course, get free entry to the race, uh, one-to-one coaching programs from the GOAT herself. And we are, at the moment, whittling down the entrance. So this is really the last call, isn't it, Sonia, for those that want to be considered. Some unbelievable stories flowing in, though. Yeah, we've had some great emails and, you know, really interesting stories, really nice background stories of people of their kind of running history um, where they're at right now and why they want to be a part of our group to train for Cove and it's exciting we have a range of abilities and um, you know I think we'll be able to cater for that and it'll be a general program that we will give and then everybody will have to look at it from their point of view and you know not get too caught up in you know thinking Specifics. that you know, you have to keep up with everybody in the group because there will be so many different levels. Um, but there should be somebody in there who you can relate to and who you can, you know, maybe 
partner up with and um, encourage along and maybe even yeah. you know close enough meet up for a run. I, I love the idea that there's runners of all different levels, all the 10 mile race entrants who enter on or before the 24th of February. This is outside of what we're doing. This is just in general for the race itself. So if you're not interested in the squad, you just want to come down for our kind of annual meetup race, enter the race before the 24th of February, 2024, and you're automatically entered into a draw to win two prize nights, bed and breakfast in the nearby luxurious five-star Fota Island Hotel and Spa Resort. I've stayed there for the race. It's the perfect spot to stay. A little bit of distance from the town, nice little bit of space to get a, a bit of a leg stretch in the night before. Situated, of course, on its own private island amidst the tranquility of Cork Harbour. And uh, you'll get yourself pampered in those surroundings. Maybe the day after, you'll get yourself and the legs back working again. 2024 race, uh, Sonia, is a fundraiser for breakthrough cancer research and, of course, the further development of Ballymore Cove AC's juvenile facilities. Uh, are you, uh, how are you looking for this, Sonia? What's, what's your own training plan for yourself heading towards this? Uh, I'm not 100% sure yet. Um, I, was, I, do, I do think about this when I'm out there doing things. So mm. I think at the moment, and it's one of those things where I am kind of looking at my environment right now and what I can do. And kind of embracing that a bit while I'm here, because at the moment it is ideal for outdoor swimming, outdoor cycling, um, walking, and then doing a little bit of gym or the, what do you call it? The hot Pilates stuff just to supplement it. Um, so yeah, I definitely. So you're would, week to week at the moment. Yeah. I mean, I definitely would like to try and introduce some running at some point. And just to mm. see where I'm at and, you know, if it's going to happen or not. But either way, I mean, I can, you can train alongside people on the bike at the, doing the same amount of time. And I know we've got a couple of people who are, you know, really just getting back into running after some time off after an injury. And, you know, they may be encouraged by that, that, you know, you can do training, you know, other activities on the bike, on the cross trainer, you do the same amount of time that you would be running, maybe a little bit more. Due to sessions, you can try and replicate the sessions. Um, we can bring in heart rate, and I need to do that myself. I need to get the heart rate strap back on me. Um, I think this week, you know, the first the first of the year, it's kind of like a, you're just kind of, what would you say? You're just kind of feeling the ground again and just kind of sussing out you know, putting in a bit of an effort and feeling like mm. you're working a bit hard um, and just seeing what's out there and what you can do. And that's that's what I've been doing. And I think that's what people can start to do these next couple of weeks is to just see what's available to them, look at how much time they have available to themselves and, you know, think about things like, you know, where am I going to do a long run? What's a good place here? And, you know, it's mm. not a bad thing to, you know, drive you know, 10 or 15 minutes, if you can spare the time to go to a nice place to run rather than yeah, make an occasion of it. Yeah, you know, you absolutely. can use the run outdoor for your easy runs, for your recovery runs. Um, and I think it, you know, for people who are not used to having a running routine and a running structure, they're going to love this because 
these are the little specifics that we can help them with where you think about your long run okay that's pretty important you know we're going to gradually build up to 10 mile we know we can do the distance and once you get there you get a lot of confidence because then you can start thinking about you know how fast you're going to do it or you know how you're going to manage the hills in the 10 mile (laughs) because most people are probably out there doing their long run on a nice flat surface Um, and then you know to introduce specific sessions um, so we'd have a session day and then also an easy run with some strides. So I think there's three days a week is the minimum commitment that someone really needs to make to, you know, training for the, the Cove 10 mile. And then we can add things in around that. And so now is the time to start thinking about where you're going to fit this in and where you're going to do it. Yeah. Well, look, uh, that you couldn't have put it better, Sonia, that, that is a realistic amount of time as well. You have a bit of time to even think about the training. So if you want to sign up, throw your hat in the ring, Podcast at gmail.com with the subject line, Sonia's squad. The countdown to the announcement of the squad is on two weeks from now, the 17th of January. I will announce who our squad members are. There will be 10 members in total. I'll announce them here on the podcast. Uh, I can't wait for that. There's going to be, uh, I've got a few surprises lined up for that. Uh, Irishmanabroadpodcast at gmail.com is the email address once again. Uh, I am, of course, back out on tour through January. If you want to come and see me, Limerick, Dundrum, the Olympia, and lots more dates being added over at jigzer.com forward slash gigs. I'd love to see you at a show in 2024 plan is also to get out to america in october for some dates out there can't wait to book those in and announce those uh, we've got a lot more to talk about on this episode over on patreon.com forward slash irishman abroad treat yourself to a membership of premium irishman abroad and you'll get access to what Sonia's talking about the full training uh, plan leading up to cove you can only get that by becoming a member Absolutely no obligation. Cancel anytime you like. Sign up for a month, see if you like it. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad. Next question I want to ask Sonia is about coming back after pregnancy. One of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise wise. Imagine, you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress. 